Warning! This episode contains foul language, graphic descriptions of violence, and may be difficult for people who are squeamish about teeth. are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, creepy, crawly, ooey-gooey, otherworldly, extra-furry, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a special guest or just each other, and we talk about something weird. (laughs) And this week, with just your two favorite hosts with the mosts, we are chatting about teeth. That's right. Those little dangly white things in your head hole. Teeth are strange and straight up gross sometimes, so why not dig deep and talk about that, am I right? Tonight we will open wide for a little history of dentistry with a side of murder and teeth collecting. Say ah, and don't forget to floss when we're done. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. <laughs> Hello. In your mouth hole, is that what you said? In your mouth hole. Oh my god. <laughs> It didn't make any sense. I liked it. I liked it a lot. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Like, (laughs) I wrote it myself. Um, Yeah, this episode's all about Welcome to teeth, everybody. Uh, Just like women, you can't live with them, you can't live without them. That's right. That's right. I hate teeth. Teeth are the worst, and Mm -hmm. they have been on our brains a lot lately because you have been through quite a tooth adventure. Yes, I have. So it's it's been needed. We've been wanting to just get out all of our built-up discussion on (laughs) teeth for a long time, guys. It's been building up inside, and here we are. Yeah, if anyone's wondering, like, why are you guys uh, so obsessed with teeth right now? Joe and I actually even recorded a bonus episode last month on our Patreon, which you can listen to if you donate $5 to our show one time or monthly, whichever you prefer, where we really let dentists and teeth have it. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> We've both had really bad tooth luck this year. And I'll give you a rundown because I had a couple people uh, message last week and being like, so what exactly happened? You were being so vague. I was being vague because I have PTSD. Yes, you're still holding a lot of trauma. You have been to hell and back. Yes, guys, it's rough. Um, So I'll just give you a quick rundown. Basically, I broke a filling last year and waited patiently for my dental insurance to begin on January 1st before I went to get it taken care of. And the dentist said I'd actually need a crown on that tooth, not just a filling. And he was very kind and wanted to wait until I had insurance to pay for it. So we just like put a temporary filling in that fell out three times in a month and a half. So I had to keep going back to the dentist, which like can't with the dentist. I don't sleep the night before. I don't. Do you get like this? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I don't sleep. Full anxiety attack for the dentist. So that was already like stressful. And then you're also like there's a crown looming over me. Right. It actually fell out on Christmas Eve and I ended up going from like Christmas Eve to January 6th with like a half tooth because I was so I sick that. of going back to the dentist. Yeah. 
and and I, I mentioned this on Joe and I's episode, but like I've always had bad teeth. Every dentist I've ever had has told me like, hey, I can tell you take really, really good care of your teeth. I blah, I, I bless, I blossom. <laughs> I brush, I floss. I don't really eat sweets. I don't drink soda. I don't even put like cream in my coffee. But every single time I've gone to the dentist for a cleaning, I've had a new cavity. And when I was younger, my dentist was kind of a dick. Like he wasn't very nice. I don't think he really liked his job. And a filling would take forever because he'd have to go out and like smoke twice before he was finished. So, Jeez. and then my mom tells me the other day, the first time I ever went to a dentist when I was like four, this woman, I guess I was like moaning and I was in pain. And this woman was like, that doesn't hurt. And I was like, it hurts. And I was like crying. And my mom overheard. I don't think she was in the room, but she overheard. And she came in. She was like, okay. Okay, you're done. Oh like, my, my daughter's not going to lie about pain. So I was like, oh, so yeah. I was traumatized as a wee babe. Yeah. If someone's telling you you aren't feeling the pain you're actually experiencing, that's, yeah, that's going to leave you with a bad taste in your mouth and freak you out forever. Yeah. So all of that, you know, combined has left me with, like, a pretty strong fear of, of dentists. But so yes. anyways, I go back January 6th to get this crown done. And I'm told that my insurance, because I didn't have dental insurance last year, will not pay for any procedures for, like, six to eight months. So that was frustrating. But it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. I will pay out of pocket for this crown. It's just a crown. I'll just pay out of pocket. It's not like I haven't had a job for a fucking year. Um, I'll right. just pay for it out of pocket. It's got to be done. Let's do it. So I get a crown. It takes three hours because it was so close to the root and they didn't want um, to cause the need for a root canal. But it's done. Whatever. I come back in a week to get my permanent crown and I get x-rays and they're tapping on the tooth and it hurts. And they're like, it's not supposed to hurt. It looks like you do need a root canal. Ugh. Son of and bitch. who wants a root canal? Honestly, here's the thing: I don't mind root canals because the drill. Well, you and you alone <laughs> will say that the drills are so gentle; like it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. It's not like crowns and fillings where they're like that cold drill on your tooth. It's like a tiny little. Yeah, they they don't super bother me. Okay, well, good for you. But it was like you need a root canal, so it was like fucking hell. How much is it? Great. Uh, let's just do it. Four hours for the root canal. Yeah. And they tell me, basically, my roots are crazy gnarled and calcified, and that's why it took forever. And they were like, come back in two days, and we're going to take a look and make sure the root canal took. And there's no sign of infection. So I went back two days later, infection. Whole area looks gnarly. So they're like, we have to pull your tooth out. So I'm crying because yeah. my anxiety is at a level that I can't describe. Yeah, of course. The whole body's shaking. So we decide on a bridge, which means they pull the tooth and then the two teeth surrounding it need to be prepped for crowns too. So it's like, how much is it? Fuck. Cool. Just yeah. do it. At this point, like, I, I'll give you all the money I have. Right. Just fix it. Five hours later... And the tooth being pulled was so fucked up. Like, I know some weirdos asked to see it on my personal page. And for anyone who didn't get a chance to see it, let me know. I'll send you a picture. This thing is a literal monster. It looks like an animal tooth. It's it doesn't not okay. look human. It's, it's so, so creepy. And so weird. <laughs> but I was having such a horrific anxiety attack. They gave me free nitrous. What up? Love that. Which ruled. It actually didn't really work for the extraction portion. I think my adrenaline was up too high, but they let me use it for the crowns afterwards and nitrous rules. I was... <laughs> you were just feeling happy-go-lucky. I was just literally in that chair like, oh my God, is this what normal people feel like? <laughs> oh man, you poor thing. I could be a monk. 
<laughs> I will sit in silence and chill the F out for as long as you want. So anyway, I've been to the dentist um, eight times this year, and I had some like pretty serious bruising on my face from the hours in the chair. And just, just as a little treat, the antibiotics I took for the extraction made my entire mouth break out in sores for a week as well. So just a joy. And oh then, God. of course, then I go back today to finally get my permanent bridge put in. I'm so excited, and it didn't fit right. So I'm back to my temporary, and I'm waiting a week and a half for the new one, and I don't know when this is going to end. It truly feels like this is a never-ending journey for you. Like, we have been talking about this since Christmas, like you said, and it's like, I I just don't see an end. The day you tell me that you have your permanent bridge, I probably won't even believe you, and I will be <laughs> expecting you to text me in like the next three days saying, oh, something went wrong again. I have to go back. I know. Like, it just feels, I just feel so bad for you. You have truly been through it and I just want it to be over for you. Am I in purgatory? You might be. If I was you in purgatory, would you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I would try my best. I would try to notify you. Um, then, oh, then Joey went in cause he had one wisdom tooth bothering him that he wanted. He was like, I know this has to be pulled. And he, when I went and picked him up, they pulled all three of his wisdom teeth. So he's been, Yikes. now he's the one healing. He was literally like, we got to clear this house of our bad tooth juju or whatever the fuck is going on for real. But then I told Ashley, I now am becoming like a conspiracy theorist. So put on your tinfoil hat. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that all dentists are just like out for everyone's money right now because maybe they were having a slow season due to COVID and got desperate because I swear, Ashley and Joe definitely have unique and probably the most difficult experiences that I've heard recently. But I have so many friends who either late last year or early this year have gotten different gum surgeries. And it is just so crazy to me that everyone happens to be going at the same time, like either it's our age and we're all of our teeth are just like falling out of our head and we're <laughs> falling apart or it's the dentist conspiring against us. But I, Alex had to go in for a minor gum surgery and two of my friends out here did. And then two of my friends back in Illinois said the same thing. And I was like, what? What's happening? How? <laughs> Why is this happening to everybody? I feel but. like, you know how like cops sometimes will pull more people over at the end of the month because they, they have, have to like, get a their quota. ticket quota. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's that was, exactly was, like, how I feel. An end of the year thing for dentists where it's like, <laughs> we got to rip everyone's gums apart. <laughs> we got to fill that gum quota. Yeah. Gum graphs everywhere. So now maybe you understand my current obsession with teeth. To be honest, TBH, I'm actually really grateful for the dentist I found here in LA. They've been super kind to me. They're helping me with the cost of everything. Like they're only charging me for the extraction and bridge. The cost of like the initial crown and the root canal are going towards the bridge. So oh, good. they didn't have to do that, but they are. Um, and I didn't want to spend like an entire episode hating on dentists, even though overall they don't make me happy. <laughs> I was more excited to learn about the history of dentistry and how amazing it is that we've gotten to where we are today and also how grateful I am to be alive during today's dentistry and not the dentistry of pretty much any moment in time before. Amen. Oh my gosh, we are so lucky to have the procedures we have now and the drugs that we have now, if yeah. we're being honest. So yes, I agree with you. I'll mention it later, but like, yeah, they used to use arsenic. Oh boy. So... Well... 
people die. NBD. <laughs> I do also have people to say, died. I have a fear of the dentist as well, so I totally feel you. And for the most part, it is not a pleasant experience, but I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Santa Monica Dentists, Dr. Vidigan. He really is the best. And he gave me Ativan when I was having a full-blown panic attack in his chair getting a cleaning. <laughs> they gave me straight up Ativan. They're like, can your husband pick you up? And I was like, Yeah. They were like, good, because this stuff's going to knock you on your ass, but you need it. Because I was shaking violently from a cleaning. From a cleaning. There was no tooth being being pulled. I hadn't been in seven years. Judge me. It's fine. I would judge me. I hadn't gone to the dentist in seven years. So just the cleaning alone made me panic. And they gave me Ativan and treated me like a princess. So I love them. Yeah, I guess I'll give a shout out to um, Dr. New at Burbank Family Dental because honestly, like throughout this whole thing, it's been the worst like dental shit of my life, but not because of them. Like they've been right. awesome. Like everyone's like, oh my God, why would they do that? Why would they do the crown? And then the it's like, well, every dentist will do that. They want to do whatever they can to save your tooth. Like, yeah, had like they, they were known, doing everything right. Yeah, had they known that it would result in like 12 hours in a dental chair and all this stuff, like, you know, they would have pulled it right away. But like, they wanted sure. to save it. But yeah, they've I been very, you. very kind to me. So, yay. So, history, as far as like the ancient origins of dentistry, we found a Sumerian text from 5000 BC that describes toothworms as the cause of dental decay. And that's like the first tooth record. Worms? Yes. Oh boy. What are they? The devil. I have no idea. Oh no man. one knows. It what doesn't they were. sound no. good. No one knows. <laughs> but that was the first record of anyone talking about dental anomalies that we have. All right, all right. In 2600 BC, we have records of the death of Hesira, who was an Egyptian scribe that's often referred to as the very first dentist because an oh, wow. inscription on his tomb includes the title, the greatest of those who deal with teeth and of physicians. And this is the earliest known reference to a person identified as a dental practitioner. So that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Hippocrates and Aristotle both wrote about dentistry, including like the eruption pattern of teeth, treating decayed teeth and gum disease, extracting teeth, um, and using wires to stabilize loose loose teeth and jaws. Uh, essentially, like old ass braces. Right, old school braces. Which old school braces, if anyone's ever seen them, are a fucking nightmare because they didn't have the adhesive the cement to cement to the teeth so they would literally yeah. drill holes through the teeth and put the wire through the holes in the teeth that they oh drilled oh my gosh so that's just horrific because yeah. i had to have braces so just thinking about that is like oh no <laughs> like, i am so happy we we were not alive then you're right yeah, I had braces as well. I They actually fucked my teeth up. I mean, obviously, I'm grateful I have them. I have a very beautiful smile, but they caused a lot of um, gum problems. I have, like, gum recession really bad from Same. braces. We talked about that the other day, and mm -hmm. a lot of mine happened after I had braces as well, and I got some really intense staining on my upper teeth, yes. and I didn't even drink soda. They always were like, if you don't drink soda, you'll be fine. I didn't drink soda. I didn't drink, I didn't drink coffee. I was in seventh grade when I had them. Like, I definitely wasn't drinking coffee, and I was – I know most kids were soda drinkers, but I was not. I probably even barely drank tea. I stayed away from all the things, and I still had some crazy staining on, like, some of my – 
Luckily, it's more side teeth. They don't super show, but like, thanks, braces. Thanks, braces. (laughs) Hated it. It wasn't until about 1210 that we saw it as an official profession and a guild of barbers was established in france barbers eventually evolve into two groups and one of them are surgeons who were educated and trained to perform complex surgeries and then lay barbers who performed more routine hygienic services and also face shaving oh boy which is hilarious that they went together but also kind of makes sense yes they have the same (laughs) chair yeah you just needed that chair. It was, was the it. chair. Yeah, yep. so um uh barbers, dentists were barbers or um in some cases blacksmiths or butchers would perform dental procedures as well, which is like <laughs> hearing that a butcher did it really freaks me out. That but makes sense. I mean, yeah, sure, sure. I, I can see it. Um, and this like uh, surgeons versus lay barbers we still kind of see today we've got dentists and oral hygienists and then we also have oral surgeons who deal with more serious conditions and operations but it would be nice to get your hair cut like at the same time i know could somebody shampoo me while i'm also getting my wisdom teeth pulled that sounds great from there all the important historical points are things like um in 1530 The Little Medicinal Book for All Kinds of Diseases and Infirmities of the Teeth was published in Germany, which is the longest title, and I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) It's so long. (laughs) And uh, it covers everything, oral hygiene, tooth extraction, drilling teeth, gold fillings, etc. And um, in 1746, they decide that putting enamel on gold crowns looks better, so everyone's not walking around looking like a pirate. (laughs) Fair. In 1789, we get the first patent for porcelain teeth. We finally get local anesthesia. We get the first dental schools. Um, They start making dentists have licenses, which is a good idea. Yes, please. The American Dental Association forms in 1859. And without them, we would have no idea what toothbrush to buy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We discovered x-rays. We get orthodontics, et cetera, et cetera. But I do have some cool, like, sort of historical facts. Let's hear it. Paul Revere was a dentist. What? Did you know that? No. Yeah. No. That was his profession. I didn't know that. Why don't people talk about this? I, I didn't know. know that. I told Joan. He was like, of course I knew that. And I was like, oh, whatever. And he was like, I'm from New England. I oh, like, I mean, oh, true. Yeah, okay, it doesn't true. surprise me that Joe knows it. Honestly, Alex probably does too. But that is a very fun fact for me. Mm-hmm. He was a dentist. He's actually the very first person to use postmortem dental forensics. And it was oh. sort of by accident. It wasn't like he was going out to do it. He he was able to identify a fallen soldier, his friend, Dr. Joseph Warren, because he was able to recognize the bridge he had put in his mouth. Ah, there you go. So then after that happened, they started taking note of soldiers' mouths who went into war as a means to help identify bodies. Very nice. Which is very cool. Um, And today we use dental forensics all the time. Yeah, very normal. When, you know, identifying bodies, you look at the dental records. But also in uh, murder trials, it's called odontology. Odontology? Um, Mm -hmm. Odontology. Od- I feel like I would say odontology, but yeah. I have no clue if that's correct. Some very famous cases would be Ted Bundy. 
Mm-hmm. One of his final victims in Florida, 20-year-old Lisa Levy, had a severe bite mark in her left butt cheek, which forensic odontologist Richard Soveron and Lowell Levine matched two castings of Bundy's teeth, which helped seal his conviction. And also in 1692, during the Salem witch trials, Reverend George Burroughs was accused of witchcraft and conspiring with the devil. Um, and he supposedly biting his victims, and this was submitted as evidence of his crimes. And this was the very first time that bite marks were used as evidence to solve a crime, and he was later convicted and hanged. Wow. And that's so long ago for that to happen. I'm actually really impressed by that. Yeah, well, don't be, because two decades later, he was exonerated by the state, and his children were compensated for a wrongful execution. And unfortunately, that's actually a recurring problem in bite mark analysis. They've come under some pretty severe criticism, along with hair and handwriting, because it started in 1999. A study by a member of the American Board of Forensic Odontology found a 63% rate of false identifications. Jeez, oh man. Not great. That is not good, guys. Not a great number. My lanta. So I guess the problems actually lie in our skin. Skin is not a good medium for dental impressions because there are a number of like irregularities that could already exist. um, And the marks can be altered by stretching or movement or like changing environment. So like bloating or freezing the body. And I just feel like our skin regenerates so fast. Like it just it feels like it could cover up anything. So it makes sense. But if they're dead, I don't know how fast it would well, true, true, true. I don't know how that works. I know like nails and hair keep growing, so I don't know if like skin. I know. I, I think I assumed skin would still do something, but if anything, it would just decompose. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. So honestly, at this point, unless the person has a very clear bite, like Bundy did, Bundy had like that bite mark that they compared to his teeth was like, that's his fucking teeth. Like, look at that bite yeah, mark. Right. But if they don't, it's it's not a Great idea to base your case on a bite mark. Makes sense. And one thing I wanted to look at in history is like, what in the hell we used to do before toothbrushes and toothpaste and ibuprofen and drills? Yes. I love this. The first toothbrushes were tree twigs, which is like, okay, sure. But the way they would make them, the twigs would be stripped of the bark at one end, and then they would chew on the twig until it spread out, like till the oh. fibers kind of separated and spread out. And then they would use that brush to to brush the plaque off their teeth. Oh, my gosh. Of course, they didn't know That's it was plaque. actually very smart. But, right. you know, they knew how teeth would feel grimy, and then they would brush it off and um it would only be good for a couple uses and then you have to cut the end off and start chewing again to make another one that is so clever i I feel like that's genius i'm so proud of them i know i like it i'm so proud of you guys the other end (laughs) would usually be carved into like a toothpick to help get food out from between the teeth so that was like the floss yeah basically so you had such a nice little tool that you made very good Ancient Greeks, Chinese, and Indians used toothpaste. Um, We've had toothpaste for a long time, but it used to be made out of some strange things. The first record we have of it is around 500 BC, actually. And uh, the world's oldest toothpaste recipe was found in a collection of papyrus documents at the National Library in Vienna. 
And it was mm-hmm. soot and gum Arabic mixed with water. Oh, okay. Well, did this, like, what did the soot do? Why was that part of the paste? I don't know. It just said it made for white and perfect teeth. I wonder if it has to do, you know how, like, it similar to, like, charcoal? charcoal? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I it's, thinking. it polishes. It may be. Maybe it gives you that white look and kind of, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Um, other civilizations would use things like powdered eggshells, ashes from ox hooves, and pumice. And ancient Greeks also and Romans would use crushed bones and oyster shells, which is super metal. Yeah, dang. Yeah, I feel like your uses... mouth would be bleeding yeah. after that, but I mean, so you, <laughs> you do crushed you. Crushed bones to brush my teeth. That's like saying, like, I guys, guys like you for breakfast. Yeah, right. Literally. I eat guys like you for breakfast. I eat guys like you after breakfast when I brush my teeth. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. It was all pretty much powder until the 1850s, and the powder would become paste-like when combined with water or spit. And we're seeing a return to that, too, of powder yeah. toothpaste and, like, toothpaste tablets that you can chew up in your mouth to save... Because it's so much plastic. Like, Joe and I go right, through... using those tubes. Yeah, I mean, we go through, like two tubes of toothpaste a month it's so much plastic i agree it's quite a waste this is fun neolithic humans used beeswax to fill in cavities in their teeth love that love that for them sounds fun yeah (laughs) yes i want a little beeswax in my teeth (laughs) i actually (laughs) don't know what beeswax is i know i think in my head i'm imagining it like honey and it's not I'm sure it's not anywhere near honey, Mm -hmm. and I'm incorrect. But in my, I'm just going to keep my imagination going wild that I get to put a little bit of honey in my tube and pretend that's the way. Some really, really horrifying old dental practices. So today, if you get a tooth extracted, they use forceps, and they'll sort of like twist the tooth free, or if absolutely necessary, they'll break the tooth in half and pull the pieces out. That's how sometimes wisdom teeth are pulled. But usually if they have to break the teeth, you're asleep. Yeah. We we do have a listener story next week, uh, though, where that's not the case. And it's pretty awful. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Which is already like, no thanks. But it used to be so much worse than forceps. Oh, no. One tool was known as the pelican because it looked like a pelican beak. And this was used around like the 1300s and it was basically a curved, like a curved metal bit was placed under the tooth and then a lever removed the tooth. And it sort of like pushed it inward or outward as opposed to like pulling it down. So it would cause so much damage to your gum because as anyone knows, the, the roots of your teeth are fucking huge. They're so long. Um, and then from oh the gosh. late 1700s until literally early in the 20th century. So, like, this is pretty recent. There was a horrible device called the dental key or uh, tooth key. And basically, it was inserted through the tooth horizontally. So, it's like, drilled into your tooth. and Horizontally? Then, yeah. So, like, on the side. And okay. then it clamped down on the tooth and the dentist would rotate the key. He would like rotate it like a key, Ugh. loosening the tooth. And this sometimes caused horrific injuries, including breaking entire jaws. It could break I mean, your yeah. jaw. 
or <sighs> like break or extract surrounding teeth too. Like it was just I was gonna say, it was a real gamble. Oh my goodness, that made my entire jaw sore, and I can't. I can't even think about that. And also thinking about that being done while you don't have medicine. Oh, yeah. to numb you. It's not like forceps are like, wow, what amazing ingenuity. It's like they're. It's a fucking clamp. That's all forceps right. are. I just can't believe yeah. that. Like it took so long for them to be like, you know what? This is better. This clamp. Yeah. This fucking wrench. Yeah this is all we needed when before they were it sounds like they were using kind of complicated things Mm -hmm. that were destroying your entire mouth so i agree i wish it hadn't taken that long to get there that sounds miserable a lot of people with toothaches were treated with bloodletting which is essentially where a dentist would just cut their gums and bleed out the pain um it was not effective (laughs) (laughs) i believe that but we didn't know better Also back in the day, especially in China, Europe, and the Middle East, arsenic, like I said, was used to treat tooth pain and for root canals, and it was usually mixed with opium as a pain reliever, which is tight. Okay, Uh, opium I understand, but was the arsenic like killing people while they were using it, or was it just the right dose that they were okay no, it would kill people. Um, okay. <laughs> not like every time. Great. I think that they would probably catch on if it was every time. But every once in a while, it would be like, oops, we did it again. And apparently the arsenic shit lasted well into the 1800s in some places and is still sometimes used today. And there are still oh, okay. arsenic poisoning cases reported because of it. In this day and age? Yeah, not in this country, oh. but yes. Still, that's absurd to me. Some other fun dental history facts. Americans, by and large, did not brush their teeth every day until after World War I and World War II. Because? Back in those days, men wanted to go to war. I mean, you know, they didn't, like, want to, especially World War II. It was like, I need to be there. I need to be there and fighting. Yeah. I mean, they would men would literally kill themselves if they got turned away for whatever reason because they right. felt like such a failure yeah and every man recruited for the army in the 20th century was evaluated from head to toe and in world war one in order to serve you needed at least 12 teeth oh which sounds like such an easy thing to do yeah not at the time maybe it wasn't because not having enough teeth was the eighth most common reason men were rejected from the army in world war one that is wild. So it's just wild. 12 teeth, guys. And if you had dentures, if they worked well enough, I think you could get in. But yeah, you had to have at least 12 teeth. So men started especially taking better care of their teeth because they wanted to make sure that like if I if there's a war, I want I need to be able to serve. Sure, yeah. But then also in World War II, the soldiers were required to brush their teeth twice a day. Like, it was just like an army requirement, like you have to, or a military requirement, you have to brush your teeth twice a day. And then they brought that habit back with them to their homes. And I mean, good. Yeah. And now it's just commonplace. Now it's just yeah. known you brush your teeth twice a day. Right. Well, thank you, military, for being so disciplined. We needed you. Thank you, boys. Thank you, gentlemen. In medieval Germany, the only cure for a toothache was to kiss a donkey. I have no information on whether or not that worked. 
you know what? I don't want any more information. I want to just sit here and believe that that was the best solution for everybody. Let's just buy it right right now. If you have a donkey and you have a toothache, just like write us. Just tell us. <laughs> Please let us know. Please let us know Feel, if it works. Give them a smooch and let us know how it goes. <laughs> I believe it works. The cotton candy making machine was co-invented by a dentist as some cruel sick joke. Seriously, they're like, let me fill all those cavities real quick. <laughs> they were just trying to make all the money exactly. just like the 2021 gum grass. Fucking racket. The 2021 gum <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's all full circle, guys. It's back. Um, archaeologists have found evidence of the first dental fillings in teeth from people who lived 9,000 years ago. Oh, my. 9,000? Mm-hmm. I can't even, I can't really wrap my head around that even. Okay. Um, Mayans, Mayan culture would bejewel their teeth by drilling holes in them like bedazzling. Oh, adorable. I'm into it. You can actually it. still get your tooth pierced today. Not me, of course, but like you guys can <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> if you'd like to, we won't judge. Get your uh, tooth Get your tooth sparkle on. <laughs> and then the last thing, I don't know where it is. I know I wrote it down. Oh, yeah. So way back in the day, like literally like 14,000 years ago, we have evidence that teeth were being drilled. And I put drilled in quotations in my notes because obviously they didn't have drills. They had sharpened right. rocks. Oh, that's fine. And so dandy. they would essentially just hammer and chisel. No. At the teeth to get out like a rotten part. And then obviously didn't have anything to fill it with. I just can't. No, I'm not into it. Oh, man. So many things you're saying are like making the nerves in my teeth shake a little bit slash giving my jaw a little little bit of pain. My goodness. I apologize. Um, Why don't we pass it over to you? Because I would like to hear about a creep. We are podcasting today in the light of the full moon. Tons of witchcraft books and like a Ouija board in her house, but so do you. I understand it, but I also hate it. I want to know the answer. There isn't one. Sorry. Let's speculate wildly, baby. You might be interested in our podcast, Drinking the Kool-Aid. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Keep your front door locked. Keep your mind open. And And keep keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's hear about a creep. <laughs> let's let's go to a tooth collecting creep, y'all. There was a man, a Finnish man that I had never heard of named Ismo Juni, and mm. we're just going to go ahead and give the disclaimer that we always do when we are telling stories from another country. I am going to butcher every name that I say. I guarantee it. I don't know how to say names of people from Finland. So to anyone out there listening to us who might be Finnish, I apologize profusely. You can write in and correct me. I won't be offended. I'm sorry. But his name is Ismo Juni. Um, He was heading around in the 80s in Finland, in Helsinki, committing a couple murders here and there and loved to take a token of teeth. 
Again, he was a Finnish killer and also an arsonist who actually went under the radar majorly with his crimes in the 80s. Like, I definitely have never heard of this man. And also, I went onto Reddit to do a little more research, and even people in Finland were commenting on some of the Reddit threads about this dude and saying, like, hey, I'm from Finland, and actually even this specific area you're talking about, and I have no clue who this guy is either. There's not a ton about him online, but he's a huge creep, and I hate him. (laughs) So... This guy, unlike other killers who also removed victims' teeth, because this isn't the first time we've heard this, but he's different because a lot of killers would remove the victims' teeth in order to dispose of them because, as Ashley mentioned, dental records are a big piece of evidence in a lot of cases, and that goes a lot further back than, you know, obviously DNA is such a newer thing, but dental records have been a thing for a hot minute. So that's what a lot of people do. This guy like to extract his victim's teeth to keep as a token, and he would keep their teeth in his wallet, in his pocket. Wow. So that's just gross, and I hate it. He had a huge thing for teeth. They were his souvenirs. He was icky. So Junie committed his first homicide in August of 1980 when he killed his own wife in the Helsinki neighborhood they lived in called Contula or Conchula. He was questioned on the matter, of course, but there was insufficient evidence against him, and the case was recorded as an accident, which is complete bullshit. But she was found dead in the bathtub with clearly some trauma done to her head and her body, and they just thought maybe she had fallen. Um, And there just – there wasn't enough there to connect it to Junie, which I understand, but I find it bizarre – that her head looked like it was smashed in, and also a few of her teeth were straight up missing. And they thought – Oh, she probably just fell, but the teeth weren't knocked out or anywhere near the body. They were just gone, and they didn't do any checking of Junie's pockets. They didn't check his wallet to find those little teeth rattling around in there. They just called it an accident. And from what I could read on that area of Contula or Conchula, there was a lot of violence and drug dealing in the neighborhood, and it looked like it was a low-income housing area. Mm. So, if we look at history, and even still today, when crimes happen in those neighborhoods, police and investigators don't also give them their necessary time of day. So they probably just sort of shrugged it off and dismissed it and thought, this is exhausting, this guy probably didn't do it, whatever. So, deemed it accidental, maybe that's me assuming too much, but there it is. Then Junie committed his next murders in that same year at a place called Kivinoka Summer Camp, which apparently adults could – It was a summer camp, which both kids and adults could stay at, but I guess, like, on off-seasons when it wasn't a summer camp – and again, if someone lives in Finland, you can write in and correct me, but from what I could decipher from the articles, which a lot are Finnish articles – This camp, adults can stay at it as well, and they will just stay in cabins, and it's more just like camping. You wouldn't go there when kids are there doing their summer camp. Right, it's like like campgrounds, basically. Yes. They could also go stay in cabins. So Junie had, like, these three buddies. They were his drinking buddies, his good friends, and they were out camping one night, had way too much to drink, yada, yada, yada. Their names were, for respect to them, I should say their names, even though I can't pronounce them, (laughs) Seppo. Juha. Oh, in this case, it was just those two. He was with Seppo and Juha. They were drinking in one of the men's cabins, and at some point in the night when they had drank enough to be in a vulnerable state, he bashed both of their heads in and then set fire to the crime scene after, of course, pulling out a few of their teeth to keep in his wallet, his usual routine. 
Then in July of 1986, Junie killed one of his closest friends named Maddie or Mati and also set fire to his summer home. And on top of pulling out Mati's teeth, he also stole his dental prosthesis because he worked in the dental world and decided, oh, look, I've been using like pliers and whatever I could find. Now I actually have a dental tool that I can more easily pull out the teeth of their victims. So pulled out his teeth, stole his tool, lit his house on fire. And this literally all could have occurred for the sole reason that he wanted that dental prosthesis and just thought, I have to get rid of this guy so I can take this tool. So his best friend in the world dies. And then the last death that we know of, but there's most likely more, happened in 1988 when Junie burned his friend Polly alive in his summer home as well. And just before this, Junie had started to show a particular interest in cadavers and teeth, of course, specifically, and often would visit the mortuary asking to see cadavers and ask really creepy, invasive questions about their teeth and skull, which for some reason, raised no red flags with anybody. And they just let this dude do this. I was like, hello? As all his friends and his wife are dying around him, they're like, he seems fine. This guy seems chill. Let's just let him into the morgue. So then finally, in 1990, thank goodness, Junie's now grown-up son revealed to the police that the death of his mother had indeed not been an accident. He finally had to get it off his chest after holding this in for years. He said, in fact, he had been preparing to leave for school the morning that his mother died. When he looked back, he like kind of had to run back and grab something, it sounds like. He sees his father stomping on his mother's head as uh. hard as he can before dragging her unconscious body into the bathtub. And that was like one of the last sights he saw. And then he ran out of the house in panic. Finally revealed this to the police. So Junie was taken in for interrogation where he first confessed to his wife's murder. However, police later found out that a man named Mati, who they had needed for interrogation regarding the killing of Junie's wife, like back in the day, had actually burned up with his small summer cottage in Kivanoka a few years earlier. So the investigators get suspicious, as Ismo accidentally had said in his storytelling, that he had been at the scene of the fire that day, and he was good friends with him. So police were like, okay... You've now confessed to your wife. This other guy in this mysterious fire, you also happened to be there that day. We're making some connections now. So they start to question him about all these house fires and other, you know, mysterious disappearances. So they come down hard on him, interrogating him, and he slowly cracks and describes in every detail how he and Mati had gotten drunk at the cottage that night. It resulted in a brawl between the two men. Junie bashed his friend over the head with a huge glass bowl, stole his dental prosthesis, yanked out his teeth, and set the house on fire. The investigation went on. It turned out that there had been many more deaths by house fire in the area over the last three years, and Junie confessed in detail to all of them. He was able to be connected to every event. They finally had enough evidence and found all the teeth in his creepy little wallet rattling around in his pocket for all that time. Junie goes to court and recants his confession, saying that he was just trying to please the examiners and get out of there as soon as he could. But nobody bought that bullshit. He was found guilty of the murder of his wife, Seppo, Juha, Mati, and Polly, as well as arson charges. And he was sentenced to life in prison in February 1992. And not surprisingly, he committed suicide while in prison just a few years later in 1995. 
probably because how the hell could you live with yourself after living a life like he did that tooth obsessed little weird i was gonna ask if he ever like talked about what it was with teeth but obviously he he pulled a you know ted bundy and never ever ever admitted to actually committing the crime he actually did it yeah correct yeah I i think they they wanted to know that information obviously we all want to know that information but he yes he stayed he stuck to his gun saying nope i actually just said that to appease the examiners i really didn't do any of it so that's Junie. Because I would understand he didn't pull out all of their teeth. He just no, pulled it out would just some be a few. to like keep as a souvenir, which is, you know, a yeah. thing that serial killers do. They'll keep like a sure. piece of jewelry or underwear. They want to like relive the crimes. It's just weird. They want little mementos. His, yes. Usually, usually that has a sexual element to it, but it doesn't seem right. like he had any like sexual gratification. There was no like- I guess- He just killed people he knew, kind of. Right. Which, I know, that's the weirdest part, is he's killing his own wife, which that one baffles me the most. I'm like, did you guys get in a big fight that morning? Like, I just, I wish there was more information on it. But kills his own wife and then all of his best friends and drinking buddies. And it's like, that doesn't sound sexual, but also almost everybody was lit on fire immediately after. So there also wasn't enough evidence to see if there was any kind of sexual assault like maybe there was and we just didn't see that who knows what an interesting case so interesting and that the fact that nobody has heard of it like reddit was going crazy it was actually just posted on reddit like a week ago which also was hilarious because i was like oh i was looking for a tooth story (laughs) and it was someone had posted it super recently and almost everyone including people from finland were saying I used to go to this summer camp. I know where these cabins are, and I've never heard of this dude. So it's very strange. And he took his own life because of it. So he definitely had his demons. Wow. Yeah. Creepy dude. I wonder, Mom, I know you're listening. Do you still have my baby teeth? I think that's a weird thing. Oh, I know. Will you keep Wilder's baby teeth? I will not. I actually just talked about this with someone recently. I do not feel the need to keep his baby teeth. I think I will have enough memories of him as a child through photos and like little things I kept from the hospital and items of clothing. I don't want his gross little (laughs) baby teeth in a bag anywhere in my house. And I'm sorry, Pam. I know that's coming off really judgmental, but I know a lot of parents keep their yeah. kids' teeth, and I don't like it. I don't know if she still does. I remember she had them uh, at some point. But, yeah, a lot of people keep their kids' baby teeth. And, like, I understand taking it from under the pillow, like, for tooth right. fairy purposes. But then, like, tra- yeah. put it in the trash. Probably dispose of it after that, <laughs> please. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't it. like loose teeth in general. Like, when kids are like, I have a loose tooth, I'm like, go show someone else because I will throw I know. Up. When they move it with their tongue no. and show them wiggling it, that, oh, it sends chills up my I spine. I didn't even like, like it when I was a kid. If I had a loose tooth, yeah. I was like, just end it. It freaked me out when I would do it, too. I couldn't think about it too much. Like, yes. I would wiggle it because I'd want it to come out, but I would be so even disgusted with myself. I don't like it. I was talking to Joe about this the other day, and I was like, what if... So we're born... We have these baby teeth, and then they fall out, and we get our adult teeth. What if that happened like several times throughout your life like what if you got your 
your next your your teenage teeth and then like in your 20s you started to lose those and get the teeth that you'll have in your 30s and 40s wouldn't that be the worst (laughs) so awful to lose your teeth as a teenager in your early 20s when you're trying to like fetch a mate and be attractive (laughs) but you're just missing your two front teeth Oh my goodness. I would hate that so much. I'm really glad we just lose them when we're little, when nobody cares. But I've had that exact same thought. Like, what if it was a continuous cycle? And then you got like your elderly teeth, but then they also fell out as a lot of old people's teeth do when you're like in your 80s. Oh, so special. I know this is kind of a tease, but tough. I did an entire bonus episode with Amy Hanselman last year on teeth where I covered sort of like the mythological history of teeth and tooth decoration and tooth manipulation, like tooth sharpening and stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about it, but if you want the full episode, head to patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast. But since we're on the topic of children's teeth, that was my favorite thing that I found, like the history of children's teeth. Because in the Middle Ages, there were a ton of superstitions about children's teeth. In England, they were supposed to burn baby teeth after they fall out, obviously. Like, after they come out of the head. (laughs) You wouldn't light up kids' mouth on fire. (laughs) But you would burn the baby teeth in order to save the child from hardship in the afterlife. Which, okay. Okay. All right. Sure, why not? The Vikings supposedly paid children for their teeth because in Norse culture, children's teeth were said to bring good luck in battle. Okay. So they would like carry them in like pouches in their pocket. I think it's sort of like, you know how like when you get on a plane and there's a bunch of babies on the plane, you're like, ugh, but also like good because like, is God really (laughs) going to bring this plane down? Look at all these babies. (laughs) He'd never take these babies. That's what I think of. Um, scan- I get that. Yeah. Scandinavian, uh, Scandinavian warriors hung children's teeth on a string around their necks. No. Which well, is fine. I mean, they That's might make fine. a nice piece of jewelry. If they're good looking, like whiter teeth, I could see how that could look nice. <laughs> um, I also pointed out in the episode that I thought it was very interesting that the tooth fairy legend evolved because... In medieval Europe, it was thought that if a witch were to get a hold of your teeth, they would have total power over you. So it's interesting that eventually we were like, just have a magic person take the teeth. (laughs) Right. Oh, that is really funny. Like, no. uh, uh, No, What do tooth fairies even do with them teeth? Oh my gosh. Why? So anytime something bad happens to me, it's because the tooth fairy has my teeth we don't know and she's, what she's ruining doing with my them. life. Oh, yeah, that's bad. I'm like her little voodoo doll Basically, now. She's just she ruining my life. You. I don't like it. Um, I actually also found out there's there is no tooth fairy legend outside of like the United States. It started in Chicago. What? Yeah. Our home state started the tooth fairy. Yeah. I'm really proud, honestly. They took from little bits throughout history. Like in Northern Europe, there was a tradition of a tooth fee where a child would get a coin for their first lost tooth, but there was no magic involved. It was just like, you lost your first tooth. Congratulations. Have a coin. 
But like there was no hiding it under a pillow. There's no magical being that came and took it. Like and there was just sort of an exchange. Yeah, it was just sort of like a <laughs> for the money. It was just sort of like a you're becoming a man now or whatever. It's like that little yeah. transition. So, but yeah, we made that up here, and it's pretty obvious like why we made the tooth fairy up because losing yeah. mouth bones is freaky deaky. So <laughs> we're like, mm-hmm. hey kids, here's some cash. Yeah, it feels like a big deal when you're a kid. Like, I just, I remember every time a tooth would fall out, just being so amazed that that could happen to us and, like, sprinting to my parents wanting to scream about it. Because it's it's a bizarre thing that these bones are falling out of our head. Uh, One thing we should uh, at least mention today is a movie that is a failure on so many levels. And it's a shame because the plot could have made something really fantastic and of course the movie i'm referencing is darkness falls oh darkness falls uh, i forgot that was in a movie that existed darkness falls has a rip roaring nine percent tomato meter on rotten tomatoes to the surprise of no one but also i've seen that movie too many times, so many times. like i I hate that I've watched that movie a lot of times. I think it was just because it was one of the movies that was always on. Yeah. It was always it was on, on TV. I felt like it was chosen to be watched at a lot of sleepovers, too. Like, in my teen years, people wanted to watch Darkness Falls, and I don't know why, but it, it happened. To be fair, there are some parts of that movie that are absolutely the scariest. For sure. I jumped out of my skin a few times. But the performances are so bad. The script is so bad. I can't believe anyone would write down those words and any actor would read that script and go like, I can say these and sound like a person. Agreed. I think the only thing it has going for it are like the jumpy scenes, as we just said. Like you might jump a little bit and get your adrenaline pumping, but otherwise it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a horror movie about the tooth fairy. And basically, like, you lose a tooth, you put it under your pillow, and she comes for it in the night. But you have to stay asleep and keep your eyes shut. Because if you see her, she will kill you and your entire family. And you have to spend the rest of your life with the lights on. So there's a lot of situations where, like, they just have flashlights and they're trying to. And, like, she is scary. The tooth fairy in the movie is quite scary. And, like, the fact that she's, like, in dark corners and, like, it – I get why I watched it so much as a child. But I even watched, like, one scene from it recently. I think it was when we were doing the Boogeyman episode. I wanted to grab a clip from that very first scene in the movie where she's in the kid's bedroom because that scene is, like, legitimately scary. It's really horrifying. So I watched, like, ten minutes of it and I was like, I can't believe there was a time in my life where I sat down and watched this whole thing. (laughs) i watched this beginning to end oh i'm just so happy we have that in common like i really did watch darkness falls a lot and it really made me scared but i can also recognize that it is trash (laughs) it's bad But, but i do agree like the tooth fairy creepy ass lady in this movie like just even the thought of it like that this lady would be just looming in the corners waiting for you to look her in the eyes like that is terrifying also i feel like she cheated because like get in and get out bitch she yeah she she really sort of waited there and was like look at me look Mm -hmm. at me 
Yeah, because as we were saying, the whole thing was if somebody looked at her, you died. And it was like, she she should have been quick then if this was going to be the whole reason. But she would sit there yeah. and wait and hope. You're just do- you're doing this because you enjoy it, man. Yeah, you're just mean, lady. Anyway, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us and learning all about the history of dentistry and some creep that Lauren found on the internet. Yay. Next week, Lauren is going to teach us about a killer dentist, and I've got some listener stories to share with you guys. Hooray. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook. We post upcoming episode information there, so you always know where the show is headed. And this season, I really wanted to make it a point to ask listeners if they have personal stories related to each topic we do. So we'd love to hear from you if you have any stories revolving upcoming episodes. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to find ways you can donate to the show and get two bonus episodes a month plus a newsletter full of cool, spooky, weird, strange, gross things. And check out our Etsy store if you want a piece of Keep It Weird swag to wear around town at www.etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast. What's our sign off? Be grateful. Be great. Here's the thing. I've been talking to oh. Joe about this a lot. Okay. And, you know, it, it is something that kind of annoys me sometimes when it's like when you're having a really, really, really like hard day and you're like really depressed or really anxious. And it's like some people don't have homes. And it's like that doesn't mean right. that I can't have a hard time. Yes, of course. It's all you're about perspective. To still sit in the sucky feelings. But. The next time maybe you're going to the dentist and you have to get a tooth drilled on and you're like, this is the worst. It's not the worst. Maybe remind yourself that it could be a sharp rock (laughs) or a device called a dental key that rips out half of your face. You could have a broken jaw, but instead you're being given probably some very strong numbing medication. Very delicious drugs. Very delicious drugs and just, you know, some forceps. You've got it pretty good. It's going to be okay. Everyone, go out and thank a dentist today. (laughs) (laughs) And keep it weird. Keep it weird. When, I, when all this was happening, when I was on my, you know, third surgery or something, and I was really Googling, like, do dentists fuck up sometimes, which they obviously do. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> no dentist anywhere has ever made a mistake. <laughs>